Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and the gentleman virtually sitting across from me is Action Jackson. Jackson, tell me what the good word is. What is the good word? All is good. Positivity uh, radiating throughout my body today, Tim. You know, it's All a right, day. see if you can destroy that by texting in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. Jackson is on a high today. See if you can take him down. I think you can do it by 10.05. And I'm just challenging the listeners. Yeah, I'd take the under on there. I think you can get me going real quick. But no, I'm uh, in a good mood today. Love to, uh, love to be here with you, Tim, and uh, excited for a nice little hour of radio excellence. Oh, I sensed a little phony, like, weather guy back to the lead anchor uh, laugh right there. Oh, just another hour of radio excellence. That's what I say. It's kind of like, oh, it's not really that funny, but I'll convey that it's humorous by saying, oh, just another. That's what I sensed right there. And you, you know, your senses are usually right. And on this case, yeah, I think you might have been right in the wheelhouse. But I am. I am. I am in a good mood. And I, I do feel positive about the hour coming up here. Okay, Chris Kerber is going to be with us. Uh, coming up, what time is Chris Kerber going to join us? 10-15. Game I'm day. going deep diving again. It Love is a it. game day, so he's on at uh, quarter past the hour. So uh, I've got two here, and I'll let the people vote. The people led us to the Darren Pang interview last week, which was wonderful. I've got two for the people today. Let's see what, let's see what you want. Your call. Your call. Sadie Hawkins, all right? Question one. I know you've just done the how'd you get into broadcasting question, um, but Chris Kerber does tell a great story about what the job actually is like at the lower levels and how he tried to distinguish himself when applying for different positions. I think it's relevant since he just did the television broadcast over the weekend. In other words, Chris Kerber's broadcasting story, which I got to be honest with you. I'm intrigued by it. That one intrigues me. Now, maybe I shouldn't say that because then people will vote for the opposite of what intrigues me. So that is something that I am in my mind and now externally communicating. Secondarily, here is question two for Chris Kerber. The World Baseball Classic Championships tonight. It's a tournament that hasn't exactly gained a huge foothold in the United States, despite some signature moments over the years and another one last night. International best-on-best hockey has worked, especially at the Olympic level. The NHL hasn't been in the Olympics since 2014, and they've tried to host their own best-of-best hockey tournament with the latest edition of the World Cup of Hockey. Will that ever take off and replace the Olympics and actually help grow the game, or will the NHL and IOC need to figure out all of the incidentals to get NHL players back in 2026? What are some of the issues keeping NHL players out of the Olympics? As it stands today, insurance issues, NHL doesn't get paid to shut down the season, bad venues for game times in North America, and not enough interest in non-hockey countries. Those are our two questions. Jackson, what would you like to hear? Uh, I think it. I like the tie-in with the World Baseball Classic. I think that's a, a wow. Very, that's an interesting conversation to have. I think it's topical. And uh, yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think the first option is great as well because Kerber is great at telling stories, and I would find both interesting. But I think with the the tie-in with the WBC, I kind of like that uh, second question. 
All right. We'll see. We'll see what the people want to vote for. You pick the question uh, for our deep dive with Chris Kerber coming up at 1015-314-399-9646-314-399-9646. That is how you can text into the program. And uh, it's the Air Comfort Service text line. Chris Kerber going to be with us. Jackson, will you be watching tonight for the World Baseball Classic Championship game. Yeah, I'm going to fire it up. 6 p.m. Uh, first pitch, USA versus Japan. I, I can't wait to see the energy. I mean, you got two awesome rosters with tons of star power. And I think it's going to be a nice little appetizer to the MLB regular season that's coming up. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune in. You know, I said last week I had ab- not absolutely no interest, but very little interest in the World Baseball Classic. And now I've found myself legitimately interested, and there's a good chance I will watch it this evening. Whereas going into it, I was just like, yeah, and I just know that that means the, the big names in the Cardinal lineup uh, aren't going to be uh, over at Roger Dean Stadium. That's that's what it represented to me. But now I got to tell you, I will probably watch it. I would imagine it'll be a damn good game. I mean, you look at the United States lineup. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's the thing. It's like if, if it was just the star power, I don't know if it would grip me like it is, but the atmosphere and the energy and the, how much the players seem to be enjoying playing and representing their countries is uh, kind of what draws me in a lot more. Like you can see the excitement on the player's face, the atmosphere, how loud the crowds get. That all does it. If it was just star power, I don't know if it would grip me. So I'm. I, I, last night was another... Um, signature moment that uh, that we were talking about with with, with Kerber uh, as one of the questions with the World Baseball Classic and hockey uh, with the walk-off Giovanni Gallegos on the mound for that as Japan comes back to beat Mexico and Trey Turner's home run on Saturday night was the moment where I saw not only Turner's reaction to his home run but guys such as Paul Goldschmidt uh, who usually is pretty stoic even in huge moments and his emotion talking about how it was one of his favorite moments in baseball Adam Wainwright has been raving about the experience so this isn't something where guys are just going down to Miami and checking the box I mean they are really into it so I I'm looking forward to seeing not only the energy in the building, but the energy in the dugouts as well. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it, too. It's great to see because, you know, baseball and the situation it is, I think having this before the season is going to also boost Major League Baseball's numbers and everything going on with Major League Baseball, especially with television, is uh, they needed a a good turn of things. And I think this is going to be one of them, if not, you know, an indirect reasoning. Uh, Tim, I prefer the first option. Jackson's opinion does not count. That is from the four four three. Fine, Jackson, your response. Whatever, do pick what you want. I mean, oh wow, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. I guess I am not though. <laughs> no, I, th- I don't think he was saying you're not allowed to have your opinion. He just does not recognize your opinion. Well, I, then I don't recognize his. We can. Oh my gosh, who can play at this game? You know. Wow. Uh, I vote for the Kerber background question. That is from the 636. Who's going to be pitching for the United States tonight? Jackson, you know the answer to that one? Yeah. Not one that necessarily is going to excite a lot of people. Yeah, Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly on the mound and the uh, over-under is 10.5 for tonight's game. So they're not expecting it to be a low-scoring affair. Uh, And uh, the United States is minus 125 or minus 130. So a slight favorite for those of you who are looking to wager 
on the festivities in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, the energy in this thing, though, should be pretty good. I'm heading over to Roger Dean Stadium here following the program for the Cardinals and Nationals. Jack Flaherty on the mound for the Cardinals this afternoon, and we'll see how he performs as they take on the Nationals. And then back in St. Louis in, no, Jackson, nine days to take on the Toronto Blue Jays as things get underway. I, I, I believe that is you applauding. Yes, I can't wait. Can't wait. I love when baseball season starts. That means you get. That means the summer is coming. That means good weather's coming. Cardinal baseball games, hanging out with friends in the warm weather. I love the start of Cardinals baseball season. You remember last year, I sang, "Take me out to the ball game on opening day." Yeah, what do you regret more, that or wearing that yellow diaper into the Caribbean Sea, uh, uh, which has now been used as a meme all over the uh, internet? The yellow life preserver, uh, without even hesitation. It's not. Is even, that right? Not even. Uh, if I had a DeLorean and I could go back and talk to myself, I would say use the bathroom when they're calling people to go into the ocean. Like just leave. <laughs> like ask if you can get like a little little boat to go back to the shore. That's how much you regret wearing that yellow diaper. No, no I regret nothing more in this life, Tim. Uh, guys, I love Jackson's opinions. He thinks a lot like me. Tell her heart is boys. Hold on a second. I'm going to read that again. I love Jackson's opinions. He thinks a lot like me. Tell her heart is boys. Hmm. What the? That's like written in hieroglyphics. Um, I don't know what the bottom line is. I could read this part. I love Jackson's opinions. Yeah, period. And then he thinks a lot like me. And then the last sentence of tell her heart is boys. I don't know on that part. Yeah, I don't that's know about one that's that. left to interpretation. It's poetic because they are all words. They're just words that seem to, to not have any form of intent as far as communication goes. But I love Jackson's opinions, period. He thinks a lot like me, period. Yeah. And then tell her heart is boys. I don't know on that <laughs> part. But either way, I love Jackson's opinions. He thinks a lot like me. You are relatable to the audience. And you have that equity for the first half hour. And then you do some update on a Chris Paul or Kyrie Irving jersey exchange. And, and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, Dylan Brooks uh, wanted to give his jersey up to Kyrie. But Kyrie didn't take it. He didn't See? take his jersey. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Uh, Jackson, could you sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game while wearing a Cards Dipe this year? That's from the 636. I mean, I'll do anything for content, but I might have to draw the line at some point. You're you're out of the diaper business. I'll certainly sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game again. Hopefully I could be on time with uh, the music this time around and maybe oh, yeah. a little less off pitch, but uh, I love singing it. Uh, tell Marsh we're boys is what it was supposed to say this person believes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think we're, we're all boys with Marsh. He's great. But yet Tanner doesn't get invited to these 101 ESPN <laughs> producer outings, I've noticed. And, I th- and I've got a problem with that. There was one outing, and it was just Marshy Marsh and I going to watch. Only because Rocchio wasn't available, but Tanner was not invited, and I got a problem with that. I think he was invited. Marshy Marsh said he was invited. <laughs> I wasn't in charge of inviting or disinviting people. Everyone was welcome. Everybody. Congrats, Jackson. You think the same as someone who can't string a sentence together. That's my that's base. Six three six. That's your base. The listening audience who can't put a sentence together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna eject. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we have Chris Kerber joining uh, the next segment. Uh, take your votes right now. I would say it's about fifty fifty on the preference for the line of questioning. Uh, Chris Kerber joining us in the next segment. Uh, blues and wingy wingy. That is certainly something I want to discuss with him as well, as it is a homecoming 
tonight, and I would imagine you will have quite a response for a number of Blues players, but in particular, uh, one will stand out, I am sure, above the rest. Uh, we'll talk it over with Chris Kerber. That is coming up next. You are listening to Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Chris Kerber uh, joining us coming up here on the program. A program that solicits your involvement. 314-399-9646. I always enjoy reading Jeremy Rutherford, and I want to set the stage for our conversation with Chris Kerber here uh, by reading the opening couple of paragraphs from Jeremy Rutherford's column that he just posted this morning. The facts are right in front of me. When there is an emotional decision to be made with the roster, as with David Perron last summer, Blues GM Doug Armstrong has shown zero emotion. In 2016, there was letting then-Captain David Backus become a free agent because Armstrong wasn't willing to give him a five-year contract in 2020. There was letting then-Captain Alex Petrangelo walk over a no-movement clause, among other difference. But that was business, right? I know it was business for on two, but at 34, he wasn't going to cost as much as Backus and Petrangelo did when they walked and would be likely be less than what the market was suggested to stay in St. Louis. We all know the story. Perron was drafted by the Blues in 2007, re-signed with them after being traded to Edmonton, and then re-signed again after being exposed in the Vegas expansion draft, a decision that culminated in a Stanley Cup in 2019. He wanted to finish his career in front of the fans that adopted him 15 years earlier, and even if you throw out the emotion, the Blues were trying to extend their championship window, and re-signing a player who was producing as much as he had at any point in his career seemed like a no-brainer. Right? I thought so. And I was wrong. Those are the words of Jeremy Rutherford. You can read the rest of it at theathletic.com. Joining us right now to talk about the homecoming tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the great Chris Kerber. Morning, Kerbs. Jim, how are you today? I am wonderful, sir. I always look forward to our conversations. You heard uh, what I was reading from Jeremy Rutherford this morning. What were you thinking during the summer last year leading into uh, the Perron moment where the Blues decided not to pursue him and he wound up signing with the Red Wings? Were you thinking he was going to come back? I thought him coming back was an absolute no-brainer at the time. Uh, I didn't envision a scenario of him not coming back unless his ask from term or average value was insane, and I don't believe it was. Right. Uh, and in the end, uh, I was I was shocked. Uh, I, I really was because this is one of those this was one of those situations where uh, the player wanted to be here. He's still a good player. He was averaging a point a game. You know, no, and, uh, and 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 was such an important player, I think, from a culture standpoint for this team. So, yeah, I was stunned. Uh, and, and I talked to David a few weeks after, you know, this all went down, and he was still emotional and fired up about it. This is, this is where he wanted to be. So I was shocked. I, I still, at where we are at this season, I think, I think it was a mistake not bringing him back, if I'm being just bluntly honest. Um, I know the team because of the flat cap, and this this is one aspect. This is one aspect of when the Blues won the championship, and then the unfortunate situation of COVID. Yeah, yeah. They ended up with they ended up with their main core of guys all the way through to this year of O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Barbashev. 
they ended up with their main core of guys becoming unrestricted free agents in the flat cap era after COVID. So when you might see a raise of two to three to four million dollars in the cap that allows you to maybe extend some of these unrestricted free agents comfortably, that didn't happen. So they had to make, and it's right, Doug Armstrong, very unemotional when it comes to this. They had to make a decision. They said, okay, if we've got $4 million to spend, do we spend it on Piran or do we spend it on Letty? And the, the belief was we need the defenseman. And so they went with that. And in doing so, uh, you know, that, that's just a hard call that they made. And now, in the end, when you look at the product on the ice, the defense hasn't been good this year, but that's been team defense. Uh, the loss of David Perron to play with Ryan O'Reilly, I think, had a major impact on Ryan O'Reilly. Cairo uh, and Thomas, first half of the season, showed that they just they weren't ready to manage and handle the minutes that O'Reilly and and Shen and and, and those other guys, and you know, have been have handled over the years. Yet they'll grow into that and be fine, but they haven't. You know, they're learning that curve now. You put all that together, and I think it. I think uh, I think that decision ends up being one of the reasons that I think this team kind of fell off the, the the table pretty quick here. You know, it, it's it's interesting to me in doing television and radio in the market for now twenty three years. Oftentimes, it's just the nature of things. This isn't unique to St. Louis, of course, but oftentimes something can be a focal point after the fact, as in, oh, I wish the Blues or the Blues should have done this, or I wish the Cardinals or the Cardinals should have done this. This is an this is an example, though, Curbs, of when the move was made, as in not re-signing David Perron and Perron going to the Red Wings, that fans immediately seized on it and thought this could be a real problem for the Blues. And as things played out, and here you are as the voice of the team, being real candid and honest in saying, yeah, this this wound up being a reason for uh, Ryan O'Reilly's uh, not as strong performance in 2022-2023 and the team's uh, struggles this year. That is something that, that a large portion of the fan base, I mean, I can recall it when it happened, were really concerned about and it wound up playing out that way. And I think one of the reasons was because he's so beloved here and also he was vocal, right? Right on 101 ESPN of making it clear he wanted to be here. And if I'm not mistaken, he appeared on uh, Randy Carriker and at the time Michelle Smallman's show the day after or a couple days after signing with the Red Wings and, and conveying, I don't know if I would call it his frustration, but certainly his disappointment that uh, he wasn't able to, to work something out with the Blues. Well, Tim, and and I, and I got to be. I want to be very open uh, about this as well. Now, the, the the team apparently offered David a contract a year earlier, but my understanding uh, was that it was it was a one year deal. All right, it was a one year extension. Right, that, right, right. They thought no, that 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 doesn't make sense. And I believe I believe David even said that maybe in that interview with Randy Carriker, if I'm not mistaken. But okay. My, my understanding is, too, is there were some other discussions, you know, and, and the team the team has said no one offer was made. Now, David says, no, it wasn't. And I don't know. I haven't been able to, to deduce. In, in, and now, now, how do you define an offer? Was it, hey, would he take something in this kind of range, or is it a formal offer, that kind of stuff? Did it go through an agent? Agent said, no, that doesn't make sense, and it never got back to David. Well, however that goes. There seems to be a little discrepancy in, in the storyline along those lines. But 
it's kind of neither here nor there at this point, uh, just because of where we're at. But I, I do think I think they missed his vocalness, you know, this year. I, I think obviously you missed him in the top six. They missed him on the power play, and it. it but but this is, ends up being part of the changing of the guard, and and this is something when it comes to Doug Armstrong. I literally I just had a conversation with a guy about this. Um, uh, you know, outside the house, actually, who was who was outside working in the yard, and I said, and, and he was talking hockey with me, and I, and I said, look, here's the thing: if you look at what the Buffalo Sabers have done, okay, and they they may miss the playoffs for the twelfth straight year. Look at how long it's taken for Edmonton to rebuild four first overall picks. They luck into the Connor McDavid thing, and they still have only been to a conference final, right? Yeah. Since since then, okay. Look at how long this Detroit Red Wings rebuild has been, and they may miss the playoffs again. We'll see. We'll see them tonight. Okay. Look at uh, uh, look at the Arizona Coyotes. Look at the Ottawa Senators. Okay. You're, Doug Armstrong's looking around the National Hockey League at these things and saying, "Okay, hang on a minute here. I've got I've got this. I've got Thomas. I've got Cairo. I've got Shen. I've got Pareko. I've got Bennington. Okay. I've got a good core here. The cupboard's not empty." Not to mention there's the Falk and the Krugs and the Letties, the veterans that you still have under, right? I've got Butch Navich, all right? Going into a cap year where, remember, at the trade deadline, the National Hockey League said the cap's not going up more than the million bucks, right? So you're going to go, okay, I can't re-sign some of these guys. I personally believe that you can re-sign 29- and 30-year-old guys these days in the National Hockey League. You're seeing players like Bergeron and stuff be effective, right? So I do believe there's a way of doing it. But Doug Armstrong said, I have maybe the most marketable assets of any team in the league right now because of their age, term, whatever. I've got this. I can use this to get huge assets for the team that are important that we don't have and I can make sure that this is not a huge lull of a turnaround like those other teams have had. And he made a strategic decision to follow it. And I'm actually, like, now a few weeks after the deadline and stuff is cleared, some of it is disappointing that, you know, the, some of that core didn't stay together. But I can see the path that they're going on with Snuggerud coming in, with the trade of Zach Dean, which I thought is a great way to do it rather than just grab an empty draft pick. With, you know, to, it, like... There's a plan in place here. You saw Hofer, who's now going to stay up for a little while. I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating thing that could be a real quick turnaround, and unfortunately in doing so, some of those hard decisions of, of key players are gone, and, and David Perron happened to be one of them. I, I agree with you on this, though. I was fascinated with the fact, like, I think when, they, when the Blues let David Backus walk, I think there was just an understanding of where his game was going to be at the end of that contract. And yeah. it didn't seem to get the fans going that much. Yeah. When when Albert when Albert Pujols left, this this town was like, well, that's a bummer, but we got the ten good years. Good luck with that contract, right? That's and, correct. Uh, yep. David Perron's vibe just had a different vibe to it, didn't it? Yep. And yep. And I think that speaks volumes to the care and passion that David gave the city and this organization. Uh, so that leads me to what we will see tonight. I mean, David Perron is one of a number of former Blues who will be back at Enterprise Center this evening. Um, and I would imagine he will uh, receive quite an ovation. What are you expecting this evening? Well, yeah, there's a uh, – well, how do we got – we got Huso, Fabry. Wallman? No, Fabry's already kind of received the, received the welcome. Wallman, 
and um, and and David. The the ovation that David's going to get is going to be outstanding. Uh, I think it's going to be that. I think it's just going to be like you know. And while Tarasenko is going to receive one, obviously, when he comes in a couple weeks with the Rangers. Um, but having said that, Huso and Wallman will, will get one as well. And I'm almost fascinated by this. I started asking players, how long does a player have to be with your station to get the official welcome home video? You know, because the Huso Wallman one, I'm like, yeah, okay, it was just a year, year and a half, you know. Two years, I don't know, the Perron one as much. And the response I've gotten from players on this is is their impact on the franchise. I'm like, okay, that's a great response, and it's really ambiguous, but I like it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so either either way, you know, because, look, we made a mistake when Brad Shaw, who had been here for 10 years, okay, and we didn't do a welcome back thank you video for Brad Shaw as an assistant coach here for 10 years. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Blues are making sure they're not making that mistake again. So I, I like these things. I think it ties it in. I think it's a great way for the fans when they don't have a chance to say goodbye to a guy or thank you. Um, but I, I'm going to love what we're going to see tonight for David Perron. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. This should be something else because this is a guy who has made it crystal clear that he absolutely loved playing in St. Louis. And even though he's a Red Wing now, he will always be considered a St. Louis Blue. Chris Kerber with us here. Sure. Let, me give you one, uh, let me give you one real quick story here. Yeah, please. I enjoy a good uh, anecdote. Every So uh, May 28th, that's my birthday. It's also David Perron's birthday. It's also it's also Jacob Briggs' birthday, right? Bart, uh, uh, Bobby Plager's grandson. Okay, that, that that fans have gotten to know a little bit. Well, Bobby, Bobby would always go out and play golf on his birthday. They take Jacob out of school and then they and they go play a round of golf at Forest Park, right? Well, after Bobby passed, May twenty eighth comes around. Obviously, Bobby's not there, so David takes Jacob out. And I I went to David. I said, Hey, listen. I said. Uh, you know, Jacob's birthday, Bobby takes him out, and David goes, let's go find him on the course. So we left the rink here, and uh, actually we met up. We met up that day. Might have been a, the, team, the team was done playing. We go out there. We jumped in a car. We drove out. We texted Dave, where are you? They were playing the nine-hole course over there at Forest Park. We, we jumped in the car. We found him. We brought him some donuts from Krispy Kreme because he loved them. And we met, and David, we, we literally just walked out onto the course David hung, you know, for, for that time, wanted to go see Jacob, you know, since, since Bobby had passed. And then David grabs a club to play this par five. So he goes straight from the car. We park near the science center, those ball fields. We walk out to the tee box. He grabs one of Dave's clubs, plays this par five with Jacob, and birdied the damn thing. How about that? How about that? Uh, but, but, it tells you the care that he had. He said, yeah, let's go this morning and go find Jacob on the golf course because it was his birthday. That, that's, that's an awesome story, man. David. That's yeah. an awesome story. What a great story. That, that's a just completely selfless gesture and appreciation for not just uh, Jacob, but also, of course, the legend that is and the legacy that is Bobby Plager. Curbs, great story. Thank you so much for the time this morning. We wound up having a different conversation than I was planning on having, but I love the conversation. Good stuff as always. Thank you so much, brother. All right, Tim, have a great time down there. Use the sunscreen.
Thank you so much. 30 block always. There he is, Chris Kerber, with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. Yeah, once we got into that, I'm like, well, I'm not going to no I'm not gonna pivot off of this. We'll just go deep diving onto the detail on it. it was, it's one of the things, I'm trying to think of others. Maybe this would uh, open it up to uh, people. And I'm talking about things that fans didn't like before it wound up having a negative impact. In other words, we're not going... Yeah, the Dexter Fowler signing sucked because I can tell you as somebody who was on the air the morning after that deal was signed with Dexter Fowler, it had about a 90% approval rating. And then, of course, the deal winds up looking terrible and then it was, oh, that deal was terrible. 90% of the people were on board at the time. I'm talking about something that the majority of the fan base did not like and then it wound up having a negative impact. So I'm trying to think of things and I'm sure anything stand out to you, Jackson, right off the, uh, the top of your head. You would have a Perron one. Uh, certainly was one. I mean, you and I were getting texts about Perron yeah, for sure all the time. Right. When that happened, were people excited when they extended Matt Carpenter? Cause I don't know if that's a nice example. That was, that was, I'm telling you d- dead serious. And maybe somebody can point something else out. But I got to, I mean, got back home, didn't get to St. Louis, got back home in March of 2000. And I don't recall whatever year it was. I guess it was 2018, 2019, whatever, when they, when they, that extension. And it was sent out that there was going to be a press conference. And then a little bit later, we found out it was a press conference to announce the extension for Matt Carpenter. And I'm dead serious when I said no move in St. Louis sports, for real, no move in St. Louis sports has confused me more than the Cardinals giving him an extension when they didn't need to. Not, and, the, and this is this is not after the fact and how he wound up struggling once he got the extension. I'm talking about in the mo- literally that day. I go, what in the world are they doing? Why are they? Why are they? But but it wasn't just me. A bunch of people felt that way. Same thing with Perron. Uh, and I would actually tell you, I, and I guess maybe it's because I, I have both the TMA audience and the 101 ESPN audience to see it. But the Perron one might have actually had more in the moment yeah. before uh, people really, really confused and, and disappointed uh, by that. Uh, let's see. Neil Allen, Keith Hernandez. I was too young for it, but I do remember it. And uh, that one certainly was brutal. Some extenuating circumstances played a role in that trade. But, man, that one stands out. Uh, A bunch of them are coming in. We will carry it over uh, to the next segment. In addition to some significant news in the world of sports and also in the world of legislation, the two coming together. We'll have that for you as well. The second half of Balloon Party coming your way here on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganess, St. Louis Actor and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. Uh, Jackson, uh, because of what we were talking about with Chris Kerber in the previous segment, 
And my observation was this is a move with regards to David Perron making his homecoming tonight uh, that in the moment, I realize there were a number of people who recognized that, yeah, it's probably not a move that makes sense with the cap. But as far as impact on the team's performance, if we can focus on that, because some people uh, may have understood that, yeah, it's probably not something that the Blues can smartly do, but this is going to have a tangible material impact on the team's performance. And I think we could all at the very least agree on that part of it. Um, the Perron move was one that I listen, you, you may have been in a spot where you were uh, thinking, Oh, I I'm glad that the blues didn't resign him. That's fine. I am telling you from somebody who's hosted shows in St. Louis for, you know, 20 plus years, the response it got was up there as far as first guessing, first guessing, not second guessing, first guessing, uh, that move and a number of people did not like it and a number of people right when the season was starting were really concerned about it and then when the Blues had that huge losing streak were pointing to the lack of Perron being one of the big reasons uh, and then someone brought up and then a bunch of people followed suit with the Matt Carpenter contract extension another one that was brought up uh, trading, uh, I'll read this one here, but it was brought up by multiple people. Trading Randy Rosarena after he hit 300 with the big league club. That is from the 208. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was one. And right when it happened, and I'm by it, I mean him live streaming Mike Schilt's speech, uh, which made its appearance on social media again last night after he made <laughs> his catch at the wall in the uh, World Baseball Classic semifinal. Uh, I was like, well, he's gone. There's, there's no doubt in my mind he's gone. I don't know. I realize there probably aren't too many Cardinal fans in this moment who uh, would like to have him, who wouldn't like to have him back, I should say. But in the moment, I knew he was gone. And then also, if I'm Mike Schilt and John Mazalock, in fairness, if I'm in that spot, it's a tough one because I don't think he knew what he was doing. You know, I don't think it was like an Antonio Brown. I'm no, going to, no. you know what I mean? Yeah, totally agree. It's not like he was fluent in English. He didn't know. And the Cardinals, I mean, there's just, from my standpoint, uh, they were parting ways with him and it was a penalty for live streaming Schultz's speech that made its way around social media and I believe has been viewed at this point millions of times. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he was doing it maliciously or doing it like, yeah, like you said, like a Antonio Brown situation. But yeah, that was uh, when people saw that. And then a couple of days later, I don't remember the timeline, but later than moving him, it seems like there was a correlation there. Had to, you have to think. This one comes from Newman Tuck Pointing. Nice. Uh, people have their business names in the uh, Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, letting Kurt Warner walk in free agency. If we would have re-signed him, I think the Rams may still be here to this day. Boy, I got to tell you on that one. I see that pop up every once in a while. And I think I don't, I don't know on that. I wonder what Kurt would say himself on that. Because there is a bit of revisionist history i think on ignoring who kurt warner was when he was at the tail end of his time with the rams and with his time with the new york giants before fittingly like a phoenix rising from the ashes in phoenix uh he had that resurgence in leading to leading the cardinals uh to mere seconds away from winning 
the Super Bowl. So I don't know if Kurt Warner would have stuck around here if it would have played out like that. Right. Uh, th- th- he was just he he wasn't he wasn't the same guy in 2003, and then when he went to the Giants as he was in 1999. I would love it. He's perhaps my favorite athlete I've ever covered. I can't say enough positive things about Kurt Warner, but I just, I, I think that that might be a bit of revisionist history. Um, but listen, I mean, I, anybody who was watching him with the Cardinals and that run that they had, I'm sure we're thinking, man, it sure would be nice if this were going on with the Rams while you were watching, I don't know, like Kyle Bowler or something like that quarterback, the Rams uh, at the time. Uh, Tim, do you think the Cardinals would have kept a Rosarena if Marmol was the manager instead of Schilt? Hmm. I like the question. I don't, my honest answer, this is honesty in media, my honest answer is I really don't know because I don't know if this was simply Schilt's call or if this was the team going, hey, you can't be live streaming what goes on in the clubhouse because who knows what else could be going on in there. Uh, And that's just a rookie mistake. But God, I just... It's just one of those things, and of course, I'm making an observation here without all the details. Who knows? Maybe this happened again, and nobody paid attention to it, or happened before a hand, excuse me, and nobody paid attention to it. But I just felt like it was such a uh, unintentional crime that to trade somebody away who at that time, we're talking about revisionist history, at that time was considered a rising star in the organization, not by any means a Jordan Walker caliber rising star, but a rising star in the organization. And then he's just gone. And I recognize the Cardinals say, well, that wasn't because of the Instagram, but you know, I I just will respectfully disagree with that. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them give him a warning of some sort and uh, perhaps an internal uh, punishment. And then, try to keep him because from my standpoint that deal was all about him live streaming Schultz fiery speech following the Cardinals beating the Braves in game five in 2019 your thoughts are welcome as always air comfort service tech line 314-399-9646 on the other side of the break sports betting legislation taking a major step forward in the Missouri house we'll have the story for you next here on balloon party driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura. News from Jefferson City with regards to sports wagering in Missouri. The Missouri gave uh, Missouri House gave first round approval Monday to a plan to bring the state in line with its neighbors when it comes to legalized sports betting legislation, which has the backing of the state's major league sports teams and casinos needs one more vote in the lower chamber before moving to the Senate, where the issue has stalled in recent years. So this is something that has taken place before, but it has not gotten past the Senate. I am reading from stltoday.com. If you would like more information on it, this time around, lawmakers are debating the matter under the cloud of two federal lawsuits that are seeking to stop a politically connected Wildwood-based company from continuing to place unregulated slot machines in businesses across the state. The legal action focuses on Torch Electronics, which is represented in the Capitol by former House Speaker Steve Tilley, who now runs a powerful lobbying firm. Uh, The bills endorsed Monday would impose a 10% tax rate on sports bets. 
Revenue generated from betting would go to the state's education fund. The Missouri Gaming Commission would oversee the program. Each version would earmark at least half a million dollars for compulsive gambling problems. The plan would allow mobile betting as well as in-person betting at casinos and in locations at the professionals' uh, stadiums and arenas. Jackson, do you think this time it gets done? I said earlier, Tim, that positive vibes were flowing through me. Oh here, my goodness! Here comes the natural optimist. Yes, I think we finally get over the get over the goal line here and get sports gambling legalized here in the great state of Missouri. Uh, one of the representatives says everyone is doing this on their phones illegally in the state of Missouri uh, right now, um, and so uh, might as well capitalize on it. Uh, and uh, this is something that seems so simple. Our constituents genuinely don't understand why we haven't gotten across the finish line yet. That is from uh, another representative uh, in Kansas City. The border states of Missouri uh, have been taking dollars from Missouri. And so that is what uh, she is making reference to. Kansas passed it. And, of course, Illinois has had it now for a while. Uh, and, And the thing is, it's not necessarily experiencing much pushback on either moral grounds or uh, concern for compulsive gambling grounds. It's more about the slot machines. <laughs> yeah, boy. I'll tell you something. <laughs> it was just, which is just really something else. <laughs> if I had to wager, which I would love to be able to do on my phone, if I had to wager, uh, I would tell you that this time around, it does get done. And I think the reason being, it's just going, why? It, listen, I might not be on board with it personally, but there is an element of I realize I am not necessarily uh, in the in the position of being somebody's uh, keeper. And if somebody wants to risk their own money, then so be it. Uh, then they will have to deal with the ramifications if they are not successful with it. But the bottom line is many of our constituents, if you live on the west side of the state, are heading to Kansas, the east side of the state, heading to Illinois and why we are just taking this opportunity off the table on our own, not over moral concern or compulsive gambling concern, but over slot machines, over slot machines, uh, then it makes no sense. So this is a matter that is now active. The legislation is House Bill 556. Six of Missouri's eight neighboring states, Arkansas, Illinois, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and Tennessee, have legalized wagering, and Kentucky lawmakers are considering a sports betting proposal as we speak. All right, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are coming up at the top of the hour for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungana St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.